I want you to get your Bibles out. If you have a paper Bible or maybe your Bible is on a device, you can turn on your Bible. Maybe it's on a tablet. We are going to be in uh, the book of Matthew. So Matthew is the first book in the New Testament Um, So the New Testament starts about two-thirds of the way through your Bible. And there's also a table of contents in the beginning of your Bible if you're unsure of where Matthew is. We're going to look at a a few verses in Matthew chapter 6. And if you're interested and you have your phone and you use the YouVersion Bible app, um, feel free to open that. And um, bottom right-hand corner, tap the More icon, tap Events, and then you'll see Bethel Youth. um, Our gathering will populate there. So tap on that and then save the event. All of the notes that will be on the screen today will be in that app. And um, the, the great thing about the YouVersion app as well is um, it has lots of Bible reading plans in there. Um, Bible reading plans that are as short as like two or three days. And so it's really um, simple to start um, uh, reading God's Word. And uh, we encourage you to do that. And so if you don't have the YouVersion Bible app, if you just go to your app store and type in Bible and download the one that has like 7.8 million downloads. Open, Download that one, and that's the one that we're using. Um, we had an amazing Easter weekend this past week. I don't know if you guys were joining us here at Bethel Church, but we hope that you were able to celebrate with us. Uh, we celebrated a Good Friday on Friday, and we lamented the death of Jesus, and um, we sang songs um, about what Jesus has done for us on the cross. We also uh, kind of studied and walked through this, the last seven sayings of Jesus, and it was a powerful, um, it was a powerful gathering, and we were able to also take communion together to remember the blood that Jesus shed and his body that was broken for our sin. Um, And we also Uh, On Easter Sunday, had three Bethel youth students get baptized, which was really, really exciting. Or no, four. We had Reagan, we had Jalen and Hayden and Hodea. And so it was super, super special. Can you give them a hand? They are, they went public with their faith through water baptism. And it was extremely exciting to celebrate with them. And um, maybe you've been following Jesus uh, for maybe a few years or or maybe it's been a few weeks, Um, but we would encourage you if you would like to go public with your faith through water baptism, um, talk to your small group leader about how to do that. It is on our website, Bethel-Church.com. And uh, as we jump into our sermon tonight, I wanna, I wanna say that we have spent uh, much time the past few weeks talking about our motivation and talking about our heart behind just the different things that we do. And we've been talking mainly about um, prayer and fasting. And this brings up a really important question for us as Christians to wrestle with in, um, in, in a bunch of different areas of our life. And just asking the question of like, what motivates you? Um, what motivates you, just in, in, a, in a, the context of church and Christianity, what motivates you to attend on a Wednesday night? Uh, what, it, what, what compels you to want to register for summer camp? Um, what, what motivates you to put into practice what is taught in our sermons on Wednesday nights or Sunday mornings? What, what motivates you to read and to study your Bible? What motivates you to pray, to rest, and to Sabbath? What motivates you to do or not to do these different things? And just generally in life, this is a really important question for us to ask ourselves. What drives you to be who you want to be? 
And everyone, every one of us has a drive to do, some, do, to do the things that we love. We are motivated to, to do better and to be better and not just to stay the same. And this could be said about the root of the teachings of the Sermon on the Mount, which are recorded in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Um, if you've been with us the last few weeks, we've referenced the Sermon on the Mount in the context Pretty, pretty in-depth of the Sermon on the Mount. So if you want to listen to our audio podcast of the sermons, you can do that on Spotify, Google, or Apple, because I'm not really going to get into it a lot tonight. But in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus presents several teachings. He presents the, this dichotomy. He says, um, you have heard that it was said, and then he lists something out, and then he says, but I say to you. And so what Jesus was doing was he was teaching the difference between the kingdom of Jesus and the kingdom of Rome and the kingdom of myself. Jesus would recite a law, that, a Jewish law that was taken out of context, and Jesus would give direction to the intention behind that law. And the Jewish leaders of this day, um, in Jerusalem specifically, um, and these different teachers, they were even adding to the laws that God had put into place. And Jesus also took it beyond a person's actions and brought it to the heart level. He addressed the root of murder. He addressed the root of divorce, the desire for retaliation, and the desire to not love your enemy. And so now in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus transitions into three teachings about how to do good things as a follower of him and, not, and how not to do them for the wrong reasons and which we kind of have covered briefly in our prayer series. So tonight we're going to be talking about the topic of generosity. So how do we give generously to people in a way that brings glory to God and not glory to ourselves? It's a really important question for you to ask as a Christian. And let's look at Matthew chapter 5 really quick. Maybe it's uh, the page before where we're at. Jesus was instructing the people to be the light of the world. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So what you'll see there is Jesus isn't instructing these people not to do good things um, so that people don't see you. What he's saying is that we are to do good things, but in the second half of verse 16, it says the reason that you do good things is to give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And the basic foundation of what Jesus is saying is this, and this is kind of the, the foundational thought um, of our text. Um, so if you're to read Matthew chapter 6, 1 through 4, um, this is kind of the summary that you would gather. Our generosity needs to point people to the goodness of God and not ourselves. So one thought that I, we want you to, to grab a hold of, our generosity needs to point people to the goodness of God and not to ourselves. So let's, we're going to talk about that. Let's stand together as we read Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. And um, if you're using your Bible, you can read it there. If not, it'll be on the screens as well. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, it says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. 
Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be done in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You may be seated. So Jesus warns the crowd. Uh, if, you, if you look back at, at verse 1, He says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others. And here's the the kicker, to be seen by them. He says the person who does this, who does righteous things, who does good things in the name of God, but his motivation is to be seen by others, he says that that person has already received their reward. Their reward is the praises of the men and the women around them. And so Jesus gives an example of what these hypocrites uh, would do to practice their righteousness to be seen. He said in verse 2, he says, do not announce your generosity. He says, when you give to the needy, don't do it so that other people see you. And something that I love about younger generations um, is their drive to, uh, to be part of change. Um, you know, your, your guys' generation, um, I see your drive to be part of something bigger than yourself, your drive to create and to innovate, and your drive to help people, to help people feel included, to help people feel loved. And a few years ago, I was judging um, senior culminating projects, um, like project presentations at WFS, and I noticed that all of them shared about wanting to do like these, these amazing things. And I know it's like a core value of, of WFS of, you know, trying to achieve different things, but they wanted to, some of them, they wanted to send people to Mars. They wanted to build robots. They wanted to fix cars, trucks, and equipment. They wanted to be doctors. They wanted to be part of the construction trades. They wanted to be lawyers. And um, the other part was they wanted to do these different things, but they were willing to put in the work to garner the, uh, the experience and the educated needed to exceed in these different fields. But then also on the flip side of that, I could also see that it seemed like their desire to do those things and to achieve greatness was to be recognized or great or to be recognized as competent by the people around them. It was almost as if one of the driving factors to do these different things was to be validated was for people to see them as like, oh, that person has it together. Oh, this person has great things for their life. And if we're honest, that's a lot of times how we view success. We view success as what we do. We view success by how much money we make, how busy we are, at what age you buy a house or a new car, uh, how many people you impact as a person, We judge our validation or our success of if we're married or if we have kids. And here's the thing, though. These things aren't wrong. Like, there's nothing wrong with wanting to buy a house. There's nothing wrong to want to be the best in your field or to be married or to have kids. But I think the root of wanting to be recognized for those things can be where a person can fall into sin. And here's the other thing. If you watch, like, how many guys watch YouTube a lot? Probably most of us, yeah. Um, When you watch a YouTube channel, 
you can tell if that person, maybe they're a really well-known YouTuber, maybe they have hundreds of thousands or millions of subscribers. Um, something that you can tell is if they genuinely love what the, the content that they're creating, or and you can also tell if they're just making content and just doing things in order to be famous. You can kind of catch these different vibes from the people of how they make their videos, the tone, the body language, the things that they're doing. And none of us in this room that I know of um, are famous or have hundreds um, of thousands or millions of followers or subscribers. But the crazy thing is it doesn't matter if you have like 10 subscribers on your YouTube channel or five followers on Instagram. We are not immune to an unhealthy desire to be recognized. We all do things in order to impress the people that we interact with. We, we try to be the funny person to feel validated. We're the smart person. We're the, we're the sports person. We're the dumb person. Maybe in church you're like the everything's okay person so that people may look at you and perceive you as like a holy and living a godly life. Here's the deal. The people Jesus is talking to we're doing these same exact things. And maybe instead of going to the gym to impress a girl, um, it was essentially them being in church, trying to impress the other churchgoers into thinking they're super spiritual people. And what Jesus is communicating on the Sermon on the Mount as a whole is that a person who's been changed and transformed by Jesus is a person who does good things. So if you were like to summarize chapter five, like as you follow Jesus, you change the way you think, the way that you act and the way that you love people. You should be generous, you should pray, and you should fast. These are all things that you should do as a transformed, redeemed person in Jesus. But here's the thing. Jesus knows how we think. Jesus sees our intentions and our motivation. He knows our desires. He knows if our, if our desire is to be recognized. So he addresses it head on in this text in Matthew 6. And if you look closely, like I said, he doesn't say not to practice your righteousness. And in this context, your righteousness would be how you live out your salvation, how you live out your relationship with Jesus. Um, like we've, we've said over a, f a few times over the course of our series on prayer, it's the way you go about doing things that's important. If we look back to verse 1 again, it says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order. In order. In order to be seen by them. So what is Jesus doing? Jesus is addressing their internal motivation. Jesus says that we are supposed to practice our righteousness and live out our faith around other people. We aren't supposed to live out our faith so that people look at how good we are instead of how good and gracious God is. So how do we draw attention to ourselves in the area of generosity? We see that they were announcing their generosity. We were seeing that this is what they were doing. So how do we, in our context, in Lewis County, in Chehalis, Centralia, Adna, Napa Vine, wherever you come from, how might we announce or draw attention to ourselves in the area of generosity? Sometimes we make a big deal out of our giving. Sometimes we even tell people how much we give so people will see us as a generous person. 
Maybe we bring it up in conversation. Like I saw this person holding a sign on the side of the road and I just really felt compelled in my heart to give money. So I gave him 50 bucks because that's all I had because I'm a high roller and all I have is 50s. Just kidding, I don't even have cash. I don't know if any of you guys have cash either. Maybe we post something on, on our social media. Maybe um, we, we show people on our Instagram stories of us giving towards a cause or showing maybe the, how much time you give at the Hub City Mission or community dinners or maybe you serve at a food bank. Here's the deal. Sharing with a close friend about a time you felt led by the Holy Spirit to give money to a person holding a sign or, or the time that you've spent serving at the Hub City Mission Community Dinners or the food bank is not wrong. This is not a negative thing. We need to be having these conversations, but we have to be aware of the tone, the timing, and the motivation behind these conversations. Timing and tone are skills that develop with maturity if you live your life in a manner where you are self-aware of your shortcomings and you are self-aware of your natural tendencies. If you're a person who naturally talks about yourself more in conversation than allowing others to talk, you need to take note of that. We have a term for this. It's called narcissism. The definition of a narcissist is a person who has an excessive interest in or an admiration of themselves. And part of this definition is that a narcissist believes the world revolves around them and revolves around their needs. In the context of our passage tonight, Jesus condemns being a narcissist in your generosity. He would say that you are being hypocritical in your Christian life. It's against the very nature of what it means to follow Jesus, and it goes against the very core of what generosity is. And the question that I asked myself while studying this text, and maybe you are asking um, the same question, but it's this. What if people find out about something that I give? Like, does that mean that when I give money and, you know, maybe Matthew finds out that I have given money to people, is my generosity therefore invalid because someone found out about it? Jesus even says, verses three through four, he says, when you give to the need, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be done in secret. But if you read uh, the Sermon on the Mount, if you read Matthew chapter 5, and if you summarize it, I think there's a difference between making sure that people find out about your generosity and people finding out about your generosity. I think the difference lies, we've talked about it a lot, I think it lies within your motivation. Why do you give your money? When do you give your money? Why do you give your time? And when do you give your time? When you see someone on the street and you feel like you need to give them some money, you don't have to post about it or tell your friends about it. You don't have to post about how good it made you feel and how much you're trying to live like Jesus. I'm not saying you don't, you don't do that. I'm just saying you don't have to do that. When someone at your school maybe needs a coat or lunch money, you don't have to make a big scene. You can just give them lunch money or give them your coat. Because honestly, that's what Jesus would do. Matthew 6 says that we can know that God sees our deeds and will reward us with how he sees fit. So why is it essential to have the correct intentions towards 
our generosity. And if we look at what Jesus teaches and the human heart, when we begin to give for the recognition, we begin to view our faith based on what we do instead of what Jesus has already done. And in light of Easter, it is fresh in our minds of what Jesus has done for us. When we view our relationship with Jesus in this way, we don't serve him, we actually are serving ourselves. We don't give for people to experience and know the hope that is found in Jesus. We give so someone might give us a pat on the back. When we have this attitude, Jesus says in Matthew 6 that you have received your reward, which is being praised and recognized by others. So how you post on social media matters as it pertains to what you do as a, as a Christian, your rhythms as a Christian. And so as you can see, your motivation is essential in the kingdom and the family of Jesus. Before we pray, I want to leave you with our big idea once again. Our generosity needs to point people to the goodness of God and not ourselves. So what we're going to do is I'm going to pray and then we're going to go into our small groups and we're going to talk through some small group questions to kind of help kind of drill deeper in and bring some more application to this topic of generosity. So let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. God, we thank you for the privilege of being here. I thank you for um, all of these students that are here. And uh, Jesus, I, I thank you for the price that you paid for us, the death that you died that we should have died, the price that you paid for our sin so that we could have a right relationship with our creator, with God the Father. And I pray over the next few moments as we kind of dive in deeper and we talk more about our motivations as human beings, why we do the things that we do. Jesus, I pray that you would reveal the things in our hearts that are, that are um, self-centered and they're prideful. And would you, would you break those things down in our life and help us to be more like you? Help us to give to people because it's what you did for us instead of trying to receive praise for ourselves. So Jesus, I pray that you would guide, you would direct our conversation. It's in your name we pray. Amen.